Uh, great. I want us to start this meeting in a particular way. So welcome everybody to Kingdom Learning Space, weekly online Bible study. And this is a very distilled, relevant, provocative conversation about the kingdom so that our lives can gain significance, our lives can gain momentum and speed. Secondly, so that we can begin to see with fresh eyes, we can look at the same things that we have seen before without any position of complacency. It is very possible to wish things away simply because I would have um, been thinking to myself, okay, I've heard this before. Um, I have had this type of conversation before. I have done ABCD research. I have come across this debt and all. I believe that each moment that we encounter God, like Anuzak said something earlier before we, we got um, into recording this, he said, this is the Father's heart that allows us to encounter places. We go places, we encounter people. And we actually experience the Father himself in these people and places and books and situations that begins to recalibrate our sight and our perspective. And uh, Kelvin, I mean, that illustration is just so powerful that anytime you go to the optometrist, he doesn't condemn you for what happened with your eye before it deemed and all of that, but he is seeking new opportunities and new ways to enhance your sight. And it is about this issue of sight, going into the future, that will be the battle. Um, it's going to be the battle of sight and blindness. Who is seeing correctly? Who is able to perceive right and the necessary and critical actions that follow that level of seeing? So uh, this evening, I want to go back. I've done uh, part of this presentation on Facebook, but um, I want to get back into talking these things and we broadening the conversation and dovetailing into each other and pouring forth each other's experience and uh, uh, dimensions and all so that we can be built, so that we can gain, we can gain mass, so that we can gain um, flow. So it's, it lies in our interest. And even me, who is saying these things, to embrace these things with fresh understanding. So let's look at building, you can say the culture or building a culture of honor, building a culture of honor. Let's do just this brief introduction. Honor is so important for success and blessing. In this life, if one is going to be successful, if one is going to walk in blessing, Honor is important. I know the story of one young man in our country here who controls some amount of wealth. He is blessed. Um, even though I understand he is involved in all kinds of practices, the starting contest is the issue I refer to. Um, I understood he was serving a certain man 
And um, before the man died, he didn't have a child. Uh, he didn't have a son. This guy I'm describing was my senior sister's uh, mate in primary school. Senior sister's mate in primary school. And this man just blessed him before he died and, and gave him a couple of his vehicles and his business. And this young man has continued to be blessed. And the point is, he was a young man who honored the person he served, who respected the person he served. So life is, um, um, is crafted for blessing and success. And one of the biggest portal is honor. Um, we have seen, as we were growing up, we have seen people's life destroyed because they didn't honor elderly people. We've seen young ladies who, when I was growing up, back then, the place I live, we've seen young ladies who thought they could take advantage of men and uh, their money and the opportunities that they walk in. And some of these men are cruel and they did some, something to their lives and they are never the same. So honor is important for success. If one is going to succeed in life, whether in business, whether in ministry, the culture of honor is paramount. It ought to be embraced and live in. Also, also, all healthy relationships have one thing in common, honor. That is by this gentleman called John Bavaria. John Bavaria, um, I heard one of his stories where he said he was very poor. He was poor in school and always backward. But today, some of his books are used as, um, what do you call it, as, as manuals in Bible schools at all. And John, in one of his posts, said, all healthy relationships have one thing in common, honor. And I've realized personally that the people that come around me uh, in terms of our in-person meet, even online, I've realized that as I honor them, they honor me personally too. As I respect them, they respect me. Some of the people on our team, some of the people in our ministry who are close, close to me, I've realized that the manner in which I interact with them and care about them and want to see the best happen to them, the same thing they try to do to me. The, the, the language I speak to them, the same language they throw back at me. So for relationship to succeed, I believe even in a corporate world that for relationship to succeed and uh, the relationships that are better to be a part of our relationships of honor, relationships that have a long view of the future, not ones that is um, temporal, that just want to gratify itself now and move on. All healthy relationships have one thing in common. If I do not respect my wife, she will not respect me. If a man begin to insult the wife, you can equally expect that to be uh, measured back to you. And besides, they carry a womb, so they will amplify it and give birth to something very powerful that will disturb your peace. Let's say this also, the culture, the culture of honor constitutes the foundation for enacting a true move of God. Stepping into and immersing oneself 
in a divine inheritance, or we can say divine inheritance, not just a divine inheritance, but broadly divine inheritance. Let's repeat that again. The culture of honor constitutes the foundation for a nothing true, a true move of God. For us to experience a true move of God, there is a need that we have this thing seated in our understanding, and you will see shortly that we we must possess a certain a certain lifestyle and mindset and attitude and perspective that is that that has been bled into with all the the, the potency of honor. Um, for us to step into a move of God, step into certain great anointings and certain capacities that are before us, that have gone before us, and to immerse ourselves in spiritual inheritance, divine inheritance of what the fathers have worked in, we need to not just have an event of honor, but a system. We need to be systemic in developing honor. Look at this quote. I remember some years back, I was at the airport trying to catch a flight and I was so inspired and I began to write. And one of the pieces that I wrote, I think I only taught it somewhere once, um, from movement to monument, why moves of God fail. And I pulled this piece from one of those things that I wrote. And this is from a book by, um, uh, the book, the title is Visions of the Harvest by Rick Joyner. And this is it. It says, if we arrogantly point to previous movements as the old order and declare ourselves to be the new order, we almost certainly disqualified ourselves from being a part of the new order. It is those who view the previous movements with the honor they deserve, very, very, very powerful, with the honor they deserve, immersing themselves in their message and teachings, who will be qualified to receive the next level of authority. For any movement to abide long on earth, it must honor its spiritual fathers and mothers. I think we can pause here and just have a short conversation before I, I proceed further. Let me read this again. If we arrogantly, now spread it, make it broad. If we arrogantly point to previous movement, previous, um, uh, even our own fathers, biological fathers, I say, oh, come on, your season is finished. You, you know nothing. We are in the... Um, uh, computer age and you are still in the old grandfather clock age and, and you you are not fitted into this construct. You are old para and all kinds of things. We declare and we declare ourselves to be the new order. We have almost certainly disqualified ourselves from being a part of the new order. It is those who view the previous movement. So think of God's unbroken continuity. God is not a God who is disjointed in his approach and all that he's doing with his people. What he started in Adam, what he continued through the generations, have no um, um, broken, bro broken seams. This is seamless that he is bringing a people into a new season of life who are connected to Adam, 
way back, Adam's experience of God's glory and power, we are connected to. David's experience of God's glory and power is not divergent from God's eternal salvific plan, which began in God. So that if we have a generation that rises in the earth and want to succeed, that generation must learn to honor fathers. Some of us wouldn't have met certain people physically and called them fathers, but would have meet, meet, would have been meeting them in their books, in their tapes, in their teachings. And they are going to speak words. And some of us will even never meet certain men on the earth physically. But we will encounter them through books and through tapes and recordings and short snippet videos. And those things are going to revolutionize our lives and put us on a new trajectory until we respect and give the honor that they deserve. Jesus said, Give honor to whom to, 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 to him who deserves honor. Give unto Caesar what he deserves. So this, in quotes, this old order, this old movement, this old thing that we will consider as old that is past, that, that we may consider not to be relevant, actually right in the belly of it is the potential of the new if we we accord it with the necessary honor we see that unless a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies it abides alone so as the old order is fading there springs forth the new and it stands in we having a spectrum inside of, of beholding things through the lens of honor. It is those who observe and view the previous movement with the honor they deserve, immersing themselves in their message, messages and teachings, who will be qualified to receive the next level of authority. For any movement to abide long on earth, it must honor its spiritual fathers and mothers. Uh, we're going to have a conversation shortly. So I pulled this piece from um, this book, Vision, Visions of the Harvest, and I call it starting off on the, on the wrong on, on the wrong grounds or starting on the wrong grounds. Many, many, many people, some young men can come into a society, can come into an environment, and I'm starting a powerful ministry. Everybody in this, in this environment is not doing ministry, right? I'm going to teach them how to do ministry, and we are failed already. Some people will step into a business environment and say, they have never experienced this type of business, but I am going to teach them and we fail. Without, because if we do not learn history, we'll repeat history. If we do not go back into the annals and see what is there and the mistakes that these fathers would have worked in, we will continually repeat those mistakes. And it lies in the culture of honor. The culture we say in, in, our, in way back in school, we say culture is the way a group of people live. It's the way. It is the mannerisms. It's the fiber. It's the, the fabric, the canvas. It's the wineskin of our thinking, our trust, and the way we carry ourselves. In our hearts, how do we view spiritual father so one quick example elijah and elisha 
And we saw how Elijah will follow Elijah. Look at this Elijah guy. Who you serve, you honor, you respect, you wash his clothes, you do everything for him. And he knows that God is taking you and he tells you, sit here, I'm coming. But nowhere is it recorded that this Elijah came talking about Elijah and said, oh, Elijah, my father, was just a wicked guy. Elijah have walked continually in that spirit of honor. And he, among the sons of the prophet, was able to carry. All the sons of the prophet knew, knew that Elijah was going to be taken away. And they said it to Elisha. But Elisha had a different posture, a following following and respect and honor and observing the spiritual pathways of this man. So before I continue further, let's, um, let's just talk about this a bit. Honor is so important for success and blessings in this life, in business, in ministry, in marriage, honor, honor. There's um, a young man who is left home and I, 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 I asked, I said, the day you marry, who is going to? You think I'm the one going to bless your marriage? The day you marry, I asked this lady, I said, the day you marry, who is going to be there for you? Who will be your father? Who will be your mother? I said, go back and begin to love your mother again and honor her. And he said, you are the third person telling me this. All healthy relationships have one thing in common, honor. honor. The culture of honor constitutes the foundation for enacting a true move of God, stepping into an immense oneself in divine inheritance. So um, it's open. Let's, let's talk about this briefly before I jump into talking about uh, a few things in my notes. Thank you. Yes, good evening, Mark. Good evening to everyone on the call. So I, there's so much that I can say on this topic of honor, honoring the fathers, whether it be natural or spiritual. And I can share two personal examples, um, one of which for most of my youth, I grew up under a spiritual head, a spiritual past. And there came a time in my life when I felt I had to move on i i god just put it in my heart it wasn't that i was angry with this man we did not have a falling out because i'm aware that many people leave churches you know when there's a disagreement i i never had that i never confronted him about any issue or any such thing like that i just felt in my heart things were happening and i needed to go to another person who i believe would have um mentored me and, and fathered me in a different capacity than this person was. So in a very respectful manner, I wrote a letter to him and his wife, of course, co-pastoring, to let them know that I am leaving because this is what I sense in my heart. It was very unfortunate that it wasn't received in the same manner in which I gave it, but still, with God's grace and mercy, I freed myself from that, which I even mentioned in my, my letter, my parting letter, that, you know, I hope that in future we would continue to work together, things like that. So much so that after many years, that even though my, my present senior pastor and my past senior pastor have always been good friends, know each other from 
way back when in the early days of Bible school and all of that, um, that there was an occasion when we had to visit his ministry. And um, my senior pastor says, well, you know, I can't make this meeting. So I'm putting you in charge and you will speak. Uh, you will speak from the word on my behalf. And so there was my former pastor hearing me speak and, and was very happy to see where I've come to. And so that, that code of honor has always been in my book, Mark, and even with my natural father, when as a young man, I was no longer living home, I would often visit home and we would sit together and we would talk and he would share the stories of the old days of the old way of life. And so I would learn things not written in history books. And so I, I often encourage my students to do that. Sit and listen to the grandparents talk and learn of those things that you will never read in books. And you know, about this thing about respect and all of that, I, I can share personal experience again. I often, I often use this and, and I see it work for me every time. Uh, as a teacher, I have students who I know are typical troublemakers in school. And for some reason, when they come to me, they change, they become different because I know that respect is a two-way street. You have to give respect in order to earn respect. And so my students respect me. And they understand that. And that comes from me respecting them. And so the students who would give a lot of trouble in school with the previous teachers, when they come to me, they're completely different. Now, if they leave me and go back to another teacher, that, that also depends on what happens with that other teacher. But for the time that they are with me, they are the best behaved when, when I receive them. Because when I receive them, I receive them with respect. So I just want to submit that to this evening. That's very powerful. This is open. Let's speak to it. Well, um, I'd like to say, and I really appreciate what Amazad uh, shared. I um, believe that this issue of honor is not predicated on how we feel when it's not predicated on uh, how we appraise our former um, spiritual father or natural spiritual father mother. It's not, it's not even based on how we appraise them and how they behave and perform. This idea of honor is what we do before God, how we honor him in honoring, in honoring them. And um, so it, it takes a, a real perspective to commit yourself to this thing of high regard for, for one another, because it's, it's something how David continued to honor Saul, even though Saul was trying to kill him. Um, he would run from him, he would, try to show proof that Saul, I could have gotten you if I, if I wanted to and cutting his robe and God got him, got on uh, David about doing that. But he took pains to separate 
himself from Saul's uh, indiscretion and and his and his not seeing clearly. And all of this started over a song that others were writing about David that he did not write himself. So one of the most dangerous places one could ever find themselves in is in the uh, imagination of someone else. And so Saul was imagining that David wanted to usurp authority over him and it was not the case. He was one of the most honorable men. So uh, honor when it's not easy is, is the point that I would wanna bring up. Honor when it's not easy. Honor when uh, the one you are honoring is trying to, to hurt you or does not see you clearly or correctly and, and has no regard for your well-being. So that's another type. I mean, it's, it's easy when no one has done anything to you, uh, but still holding that together, even when you're being treated, when you're being treated bad. So there's a test for that honor as well. So I appreciate all that's been said. Thank you for this, Mark. This is beautiful. Any other thoughts before we? Unica, did I miss a call from you? And Shabbat, I missed a call from one Dominican number and I'm not too sure. Um, hi, Mark. Hi, everyone. And then it was Sharbert, not mine. Okay. But they say, they say, I am a shoddy at one, so the two shall become one. So, Shabbat. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, good to hear a voice. Anyway, anyway, so let's, let's just push a bit further. These are just some simple things, but these are weighty because, look, um, Kevin said something. He said the most dangerous place or the good place to find your, yourself is in one's imagination. He's either going to kill you or he's going to elevate you. And if somebody upholds you in his mind with great honor or haven't seen you walk in the spirit of honor and therefore upholds you in a certain regard, look, it has a way of turning heaven to cause things to begin to happen in your life. Many lives have been destroyed because of this honor. As we journey through this discourse, we will try to look at honor in the different facets uh, to parents. And maybe we look at that for father and mother uh, this evening. But we will look at honor that flows into different facets and, and how these things can make or not make uh, uh, present life and many generations get them born. We saw how Elisha simply stepped into divine inheritance, spiritual inheritance, by just honoring Elijah and staying put. I mean, um, I have this scripture I love to quote. It says, there was a man sent, sent by God or sent from God, and his name was John. And it says he's a man. So you can imagine this hot-tempered, uh, rugged Elijah and the way he would conduct himself, the way he would carry himself, and I'm sure sometimes Elisha would almost feel like this man does not love me. He, he does not appreciate all that I do. And it happens in our offices too. And sometimes you may want to just explode. You may want to snap at somebody because 
um, they may come across as doltish, uh, arsenal, and and they they are not helping matters, and they are not regarding your work, and you just want to blow it out. But there is there is a blessing if you continue to keep your integrity and walk in honor. Like Kelvin said, you are not honoring because it feels good, because it's all right. You are honoring because that is what we do before God. That is a command from God, and I do it regardless. David had every opportunity to just take this Saul guy out and have his peace and move into the throne. But the foundation of his, his, his uh, movement was going to be tainted with something that God takes very serious. Every honor that we matter out to fathers, whether biological, whether natural fathers or spiritual fathers and mothers, we do it unto God. God takes personal anything that I do to any of the brothers. He takes it personal because it's an honor meted out to him. It's important that we hold this perspective very clear in our thoughts. Anything we do to one another, God takes it personal. Anything we do to um, an, a, a father, a man, a woman of God, God takes it personal. God takes it personal. So let's, let's just move a little further. The culture of honor is the bedrock for biblical quality and continuity. Biblical quality and continuity. Very often, one would have arrived at a place and say, okay, Moses is dead. I am the new leader and we continue on a new trajectory altogether that Moses had never experienced before. But remember the principle of God's salvific plan, God's unbroken continuity, God's unbroken plan. It is not even just starting with Moses, but this thing has started in eternity. The Bible says that he has called us with the holy calling before the foundation of the earth. This thing is older than our own plans and our birth, our birth into this natural environment. So for us to be able to step into biblical quality and continuity, when you look at the fathers, when you look at the mothers, you would, you would realize that these men have touched God. For example, you would, you would read, um, there is a book by a gentleman I love so much, and I overheard somebody said, um, this guy was like 50 years ahead of his generation. And there's another, I love so much, books were written in 1960 something, but the language very relevant, the text, the content very relevant. And anytime I read these guys, I'm like, these guys have touched something. They've, they've touched something that is eternal and the thing is fresh even after 40 years. The thing is so fresh and relevant and it's almost like you've not seen it and discovered it. So for us to be able to, to step into that which I call biblical quality and continuity, there is a purpose of God that continues with generations coming beyond us, before us, with us and beyond us. And it's it lies in the culture of honor if we are to continue i call it generational transfer hebrews chapter 11 the verse 39 to 40 it says these were all commended for their faith just look at that moses um gideon jephthah name them elijah name them all these men were commended for their faith great faith powerful faith perfect faith abraham 
He said, yet none of them received what had been promised. Why? Since God had a plan, or since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, they would be made perfect. Or other translations, only together with us, they will be able to step into their inheritance. So there is this issue of biblical quality and continuity that must be maintained, and we can only step into this thing when we begin to look at Moses with fresh eyes and begin to accept the fact that there was a man, but he was sent from God. So he comes with all the weakness and all the limitations of a man and all the failures. Uh, I had one guy said, he said, I have worked with all the hoo-hoos in the charismatic area. And when we sit in private to spend time together, you see these men down to earth and how human they are and how weak they can be. But they are the hoo-hoos and the shakers and the movers in a charismatic environment. We would have to begin to walk with a certain, a certain condor, a certain condor. It has to take a certain maturity, a certain courage to be able to hold things in the balance and not stepping into the fault lines, to be able to hold these men in great regard and not stepping into the fault lines. Let me just move forward. Let's define this thing real quickly. Honor. The the Old Testament has this to say. It talks about honor as a weighty presence. It talks about honor as a weighty presence. Weighty presence. Weighty presence. Majestic dignity, value. Something of great dignity, of value, of great weight. Honor in the Old Testament is defined as a precious possession. A precious possession or ornamental splendor, you know, the dazzling, the ornaments and the clothes and the beautiful thing. It, honor is referred to as glorious, glorious, magnificence in the Old Testament. Honor speaks of extreme greatness and beauty or honor exudes through extreme greatness and beauty. In the New Testament, we see these words to value something to prize, to prize, to value, to prize, to revere, to revere, to revere. And let's quickly, we know, but let's quickly say that to revere, but not to worship, to revere. Glory is the word. Dignity, the thing is dignified. Dignity. To esteem in the highest degree. To esteem in the highest degree to esteem in the highest degree, to hold in the highest regard. And we, we begin to apply these words in our thoughts and to circumstance situations as to how do I hold a regard this person, this father, this mother, this brother. You know, this year, AKC, through 14th to 16th of December, we will be talking about partnership. And one of the things that have permeated my thought is the partnership that rises from honor from one another. We might have not seen one another, but the Bible says no longer do we know ourselves after the flesh, but by the spirit. If we're going to step into great, great, great momentum in the spirit, the culture of honor must be crafted right from our home, in our children, in our communities, in our meetings, 
We can be sitting and joking, but we know our levels. David had champions and great guys and captains, all the people that came to him. The Bible described them as captains, but they walk in rank. They walk in rank. Honor means to show respect. And Amzad mentioned that respect. Some people do not just respect. They have great disdain for the elderly. A precious, a precious valuable, a precious, a precious, and then come up valuable. I miss that. So let's look at one point. One point. What does what does the Bible say we should honor? What, what does the Bible say we should honor? Number one, it says honor your father and mother. And these scriptures, let's run through them. Exodus chapter 20, the verse 12. It says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. That your days may be long, long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So one can step into an inheritance, but it will be short-lived because of lack of honor, especially for father and mother. The question we should ask ourselves is, how do I honor my father and my mother? How do I honor them? I told, I told somebody, I said, even if your father is a drunkard, honor him. As you decide to hate him, thinking he is foolish for being a drunkard, you, not long, you will be, you will be, I don't know if there's any word like foolish. You would, you would do the most craziest thing. The very things for which you hate your father, you walk in them. You need to love him and honor him and celebrate him for the space he occupied. The same way even men of God who would have faded, we honor them, we hold them in great regard for the space, the place they stand in the dealings and the purpose of God because we know that the purpose of God is not delimited and broken, but is an unbroken continuum. So honor your father and mother that your days may be long. Um, one of my friends said, if you, if you want to know uh, the man you are marrying to, if you, if, if you become a widow very early, you mar marry a, a man that dishonors his father and mother, you will become a quick widow because his days will be short in the land, even his own possession, even his own possession. My friend said this, um, uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 20 through 23. It says that Noah, be Noah began to, to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank from the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. You see that, uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told and announced it and, and dishonored the father to his two brothers. Now we know the word two in the Bible stands for agreement. That is to say, if it happens to this person, it can happen to me. That is almost like a public statement Ham was actually making. Just discussing this thing between just two of his own brothers. Look at the contest. Just two of his own brothers, this thing um, comes back with a backlash. It is a public statement because it's two. It's a matter of a witness because it's two. So that when we dishonor our father and mothers, we make a public statement, even if we do it quietly in our heart. The Bible tells us, I think, in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 
He says, I do not care the king in your thoughts or in your heart. Even in your bedchamber, don't do it. Lest the bed of the air will carry the voice of your thoughts and go and actualize it. So we believers, we can, we can create a spiritual wave without even talking. Human beings, we can create a spiritual momentum. We can create a topology and create a whole movement taking place because I'm sitting and I'm admiring Amzad and the capacity and the space he occupies and the grace that he walks in, the things that Kelvin walks in, the thing that um, um, Albert walks in that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this guy is just, is just loaded with something so unique and powerful and I'm admiring him and holding him in great regard and and praising and not disdaining and condemning and cutting him off in my mind. And no, 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 no. You see, if God can trust you, why can't you trust another? If God can honor you, God can honor me and give me grace. And, and, and I, can, I can be on, on a call on the internet and begin to speak specifics into people's lives and mention depth and location. If God can give me that honor and give me that level of exposure, who are you not to honor the other and respect the other? If God can trust men, why can't you trust Albert a little? So sometimes I tell Albert, I say, Albert, you're going to be teaching on Zoom. You're going to be teaching in the in-persons and he's done a few of them. And this coming December, he will be teaching. And he said, oh, prof, this. I said, no, Albert, you have to, whether you have it all together or not, you have to teach. I don't care. If God can honor us, why can't we honor one another? Ha. Huh. He announced it to two of his brothers outside public statement. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it up, laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of the father. So think about it. Say you and I, we are standing, you are standing to my right and we have a piece of cloth in between us holding it onto our shoulder and there lies Uncle Noah and we walk backwards in instead of going with her face. Such level of shamefacedness. I am not worthy to even mention it. I am not worthy to even talk about it. I am not worthy to even talk about his slip, his fall, his, his struggle, but to pray and uphold him by dropping a piece of cloth to cover his nakedness. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. My goodness, my goodness. We know the story. When um, Noah would wake up and hear that, then he puts forth a curse. Many, many, many lives get cut short because of lack of honor for father and mother. Let's look at, oh, okay, this scripture is repeated here. Sorry. Let's look at Malachi chapter one. Malachi chapter one, the NIV translation, the verse six. It says, a son honors his father. A son, hear that again. A son honors his father. Then, Whoever does not honor, does not constitute a son. So this whole concept of sonship, 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 sonship has to be taught about well because there is an element in that that justifies. The conditions for sonship is honor. And this can mean many things. A son honors his father, a slave is master. If I am your father, and indeed God is our father, because the Bible says we're hewn from the same stone and God who is our father. 
It says, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. It is you priests who contempt my name. But you ask, how did we do that? Okay, I'm going to end this very soon. Let's look at Matthew chapter 15, not Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 15, the verse 3 to 9. Matthew chapter 15. It says, he answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother and he, he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Now, look at what Jesus, Jesus pulls an Old Testament contest and actualizes it in the New Testament and gives life to it and says that when you dishonor, you curse your father and mother and therefore death is assured. A simple, straightforward. And, and uh, many, many, many people today sometimes will marry and then they just cut their father and their mother off. Um, they just, one crazy prophet told your mother is a witch. And so it's, it sunk deeply into your thought. Somebody told me, he says, the, the person actually left a home because it says that my father is a wizard. But after you would have gone round round, you still came back to this man to bless you so that you can succeed in marriage. We have to wise up. Jesus continues, says, but you say, whoever says to his father or mother, what profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus, you have made a commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. That verse six is just so powerful. You have made a commandment of God of no effect. It lacks potency, it lacks life. God would have commanded so, such a blessing upon you, but you have cut it off because of this. Hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with your mouth and honor me with your lips. How do I honor my mother and my father? And God now says it is an honor to me. The verse eight. These people draw near to me. The verse six, it says, it says thus, thus you have rendered the commandment of God of no effect. By what? You did not honor your father and mother. Then these people draw near to me with your mouth and they honor me with your lips, but in your heart far from me. And in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. So God takes it personal, whether your mother is a voodoo worshiper, whether your father is a fetish priest, God takes it personal. Honor is honor. It's a thing we do to God when we do to father and mother. And I'm going to conclude on this. I'm going to conclude on this. I think I miss, I miss, uh, Okay, so I was bringing Ephesians chapter 6 and I, and I miss it. But um, Ephesians chapter 6, the verse 1, 2, 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So how do I honor, obey your parents in the Lord? For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. First commandment with promise. That it may be well with you and you may live long in the earth. God bless you, friends. Thank you. Thank you. Let's open it up. Let's. Let's have a conversation and let's, let's pray. Some of us will have to return to the place of honor and we will be healed. You just need to go back and 
patch up and mend up with father and mother and you will be healed. You will just be healed. You will be delivered from many, many, many troubles and disappointments in this life. Thank you very much. So this is open. Any thoughts, any questions? Kevin Chambliss is there to answer your questions, please. Amazad <laughs> is there. <laughs> oh, Mark, thank you so much for this. This is, uh, Mark, what I want to do, if we can, is to strike a balance. Is there a balance in this? Or is this just one way? Um, you know, this issue of honor, how do we appropriately do this? Like if, uh, if my parents are doing something to injure me, um, do I keep putting myself there? How do I honor them from a distance or do I keep coming to them? And how, how does that work? You, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let me deal with that. Yes. Yes, any of us can deal with this, but let me just let me just drop this, okay? Because it's very important um, um, for for this discourse. I was just laying a very broad um, framework, but it's important because if I come sticking poison, I'm your father, and I come sticking poison in your mouth. What will you do? You 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 have every obligation to reject that poison, and it's still honor because it's going to cost your life. So the Bible says in Ephesians 6, it says, and you fathers, I don't know why it says you fathers. It didn't talk about mothers. It says, and you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. So there is a contest in which honor must be appropriated in the Lord, in the Lord. My because I have to honor my father and my mother, my father and my mother says, Okay, let's go to this shrine. We're going to pacify the gods because I have to honor them. Then I go with it's not in the law, it's not in the law because I need to honor my father and my mother. And there's, there's this connivance about some transaction, and so I it's not in the law. So we have to map out things very clearly so that we don't. Um, we don't derail ourselves. Any of us can throw more light and more examples and expand it and all. Thank you. One of the things I, I want to say, uh, Mark, to this, <clears throat> children obey your parents. That is the young ones. Honor your father and mother. I believe that's when you're an adult. Sounds. Cool. Okay. Cool. I, 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 I grasp that. Because to obey your parents and you're married, <laughs> obey your parents and you're an adult. <laughs> you know? You're married and your house your, your <laughs> is, hey, Mark, you need to come and sleep in the house tonight. <laughs> How do you handle that? <laughs> 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 I've left. The Bible says I should leave and cleave. I've left. I've run. I'm gone. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's an honor. I honor you, my father. I've left. <laughs> okay. Yes, I I want to show or share maybe like in my own experiences again, um, how a culture of honor 
keeps promoting a culture of honor. So for example, you know, Mark, I come from a pretty big family. So like my mom, she's still alive. She's in her eighties and she's got children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. And, you know, it goes down to generations. So, you know, growing up, we just grew up, say, to respect and honor our parents. As you got older, you know, you kind of, you begin to see faults, you begin to see shortcomings in people. And I think, you know, God showed me, God taught me that irrespective of shortcomings or failures or whatever, you continue to to uphold that honor. So what I see today, Mark, what I see today, Kelvin, is that my daughter, our children of this generation, are upholding that same honor to their parents and to the grandparents, and even the ones that are in the next generation doing the same. So this is generational. And what we see happening in, in other instances and in other sectors of society where there was a a dishonoring of the parents or, or, or breaking away from the parents. <clears throat> um, and so the children now upcoming in these, in these circles, in these areas of society. So there's like a continual breaking away. So whereas in one aspect, there is a continual inheritance then of passing on honor, honoring the family, honoring the elders. In the others, in the other other side of that, in other sectors of the family, when that wasn't promoted, when that wasn't kept or upheld, it, there's a, there's a greater eroding of that fabric, you know. And so we have some of these social ills that we see showing up in society. You, even if you trace crime and and other issues like that, drug use and so on, back it all goes back into aspects of of family and family issues and dishonor in families and breaking away from families some of the things you and both you and Calvin alluded to. So I see it in a positive way, in a, in, a, in a way where it grows generationally, where the generations to come, once it's instilled in them, keep upholding it. And, and so I've, I've seen it, I've seen it. And I just wanna submit that today. That is... That is beautiful. How honor breeds honor. When you give honor, you get honor. When you withhold honor, you would also receive sin. And therefore, it's a culture, the way of life, the way we dwell with one another, the way we carry one another in our hearts, even in privacy. And the Bible tells us to honor our parents in the Lord. Obey our parents in the Lord. Obey our parents in the Lord. I remember some years back how we've ministered to certain women, um, not at all in one event, but different, different events. And some of them will come and they have this issue with um, in-laws, um, especially maybe mother-in-law. Mother-in-law will not see an eyeball to eyeball with uh, their son's wife, which was a very grave challenge. And 
we will advise, we will pray, God will speak, we will advise, and they will do specific things and begin to mend the relationship, mend the relationship, mend the, over the years. They became the best partners to their husband's mother, who now will stand to fight for them if their son happened to be misbehaving, just in quotes, um, some issues at home. So honor is a great thing for success, for blessing, for prosperity, for forward advance. The floor is still open. Tio, it's good to see you. I need to be speaking with you tomorrow. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's good to uh, to be on the platform again. Mm. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yes. So. <laughs> you are busy chasing PhD. <laughs> Beautiful. Tio is. I think Tio is almost through with his program now. So very soon we call you Doctor Tio, Doctor Osa. God bless you for being Amen, around. amen, amen, amen. Thank you. I see Huawei Y6. I have a, I don't have a clue who is there. Unica, you have any thoughts? Anything you want to say? Um. <laughs> thanks, uh, Mark. Um, this this uh, topic that you are discussing that you've uh, facilitated presented on is one that um, um, at least in in our family we have been dealing with a lot and um, yeah just a thought that is going through my mind and um, but I still need to submit that to my own more study. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, considering if I know my heavenly father well, mm -hmm. um, and if I've understood a bit of the context of the scriptures he's given to us, then I would argue as well that there is there is no different honor to parents than, than the honor I give to my neighbor. I hope I'm making sense here. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what, what I was, uh, when Calvin spoke about the balance, that is just, just, that is just triggering in my mind. Um, honor is honor. And if you if we if we consider how Paul wrote, he 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 was speaking, alluding to the diff the order for the community of believers in Ephesians, in living this new life we have in Christ. And it would seem as if it seems as if when he speaks of honor. It comes to all, he speaks, he alludes that to every aspect of, 
of 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 the, of the household or the family or the community life so in matter of balance for me and i i would appreciate feedback on that uh i think that um it is uh, important to uh let me say it like this the the honor i ascribe to my parents i think i also dishonor them when i don't ascribe honor to for example my brothers and sisters my my uh, people in the society or whatsoever i i i i see this issue of honor as really also very contextual to more to the fact that it is what i represent for my heavenly father whose image i am and that i also see the image of god in my fellows and um and it's it i find it a very interesting topic um but that that's that's how i look at it when 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 the bible says yeah honor your father and mother amen but i think it's 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 greater the context is greater than that it's it's about honoring one another um as images of god and fellow images of god and of course appreciating and ascribing value to the posture the position that each one of us holds and i think the flow of honor is easily broken when uh, let me not say it like that broken but we can um how you call it neglect um cut ourselves short when uh we do not see honor from that perspective of being god's image and seeing the image of god in one another and uh you know be doing it selectively i i don't know if i'm making sense there but that's just some broken thoughts that are going through my mind and um also another point is honor is um not agreeing <laughs> um i've had some very significant challenges in my own family house and it is i want to believe that as human beings and this is what i've come to learn the past few weeks and i'm still learning but i think people are broken it's not i think according to scripture we're broken human beings and we are all and for those who are taking their journey serious we are are working towards our perfection and allowing christ to perfect his image in us and um along those lines when um my experience with my parents i've had beautiful experience but also very 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 horrible experiences which are not honorable according to the word of god however um i think when we ascribe honor we do not necessarily agree <clears throat> agree to that behavior we ascribe value to the person 
but I, for, for example, for us in our house, we had to set some boundaries because of some unhealthy, you know, things that Did we lose Unica? Uh. Hi, Unica. Can anybody hear her? Because I can't hear anything. No, we can't hear. I think some connection issues here. Yeah, she went off. She went off. I'm oh, sorry. you guys, did I, what happened? Did I drop out somewhere in the conversation? <laughs> you, visited, you visited heaven and just came. So bring us the... Okay. All right. I don't know where I stopped, but I hope you guys heard what I said. Yeah, so you talked about um, certain boundaries that have to be um, agreed upon because of certain experiences. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I said afterwards anymore, but I, ho I hope you guys heard my heart. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that for now, Mark. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Honor to my neighbor is honor to God. Honor is what we do. Is symbiotic. You give honor, you receive honor. I cannot play down honor on Kelvin. Then I hold it. He said, these people, they said, it's not good to honor my, my parents. These people, in vain, they worship me. In vain, they, they, they worship me. They dishonor me. So it's important the way we... And Unica said something, disagreeing is honoring. Where it has to default to God and God's standard and, and I'm like, I have to yield to this. It is same honor that is being given. And we have to be cautious so that we don't enter into rebellion. So it's okay, uh, this, is, this is God's standard. And so uh, mother, father, forget it and all of that. A lot of wisdom we must walk in in the various circumstances around us, so we don't create more problems for ourselves. And this is very powerful. This is very powerful. Mm. Thank you. So, so Mark, um, you know, based on what Unika was saying, I, I hope I got the gist of it that um, she was saying, if you show honor to your parents, but you don't show honor to say another person, their neighbor, someone maybe not at that level, is that also dishonor? So um, if we look at a parable of the Good Samaritan, you now Jesus spoke about a man who was beaten up, left bleeding, naked um, on, on, on the road. And persons passed by, they were of elevated positions, <clears throat> passed straight by, crossed on the other side and walked. But one man, one man showed honor. In, in a very similar context, as you said, when <clears throat> Noah's two sons covered his nakedness, this man covered the nakedness of this. He found him bleeding, covered him, took him, bound up his wounds, 
and paid for his stay. In other words, he showed honor to a stranger. He showed honor to a person not of his caste. He showed honor to a person not of his family lineage, anything like that, just another stranger. And I, I do believe this to be true, that once you are a person of honor, you will show honor to whomever, wherever, in whatever environment or circumstance. It, it becomes part of who you are. It is not something you put on and take off. It, it becomes your nature. So yes, I agree that you can't just show honor to say only your parents and not say to the neighbor or, or stranger on the street, you know, and, and, and I think we, we, we kind of push this more than just something I do as to something I be or become. That is beautiful. Honor is who we are. Mm -hmm. Honor is the we breathe. <laughs> Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, and, and if I may, uh, just a quick second, um, Mark. And I, I like that point that um, uh, Amasad brought in. And that was exactly what I was thinking about when I was saying, is there a different type of honor when you honor your father and the mother, your father and mother and, uh, or your neighbor? And I was making the point that, you know, it's about the image of God, us being the image of God and uh, appreciating the image of God in one another. And for this particular, and Amazon spoke very point on to this. When Jesus was in, in that particular parable, what I like so about that, um, the question was asked to Jesus, you know, who is my neighbor um, by some Pharisee? And Jesus, when he gave that parable, he was not speaking to about uh, who he, he didn't, he didn't answer the question. He answered the question very brilliantly as he usually does. <laughs> he said, actually, he's explained the situation by saying the question is not the right question about who is my neighbor. The right question to ask is, are you neighborly, <laughs> you know? And that is what he was pointing at. And I think on the issues of, uh, on the, the point of honor and, and all things about love, that's a general, the Christian life. Um, the point is a lot of times about the person in the mirror. Am I a reflection Am I truly the image, the representative? I mean, am I the image of God? That is the question being posed to us. So yes, it's not just, it is more than just the action of honor. The question is, am I honorable? You know, am I the man? Am I, am I what God called me to be and, and um, appointed me to be? Am I his image? And in this aspect, am I honorable as he is honorable? You know, just wanted to uh, speak to that, contribute to that. Mm. That's beautiful. Ah, honor looks good on you. If you wait, if you leave it from the inside. It just, it's just so beautiful, it's attractive. And we want to live it. Um, I don't have much to say 
if there's no any question, no comments, um, no thoughts to share, I think it would be a good place for us to, to pray. And uh, I, have been, I have been burdened. Um, I was talking to, some of you may not know Zenifa. I was talking to Zenifa, I think, um, as Zenifa relates to Amazon. I was, am I correct? Because now all your Muhammad names confuses me. Yes, <laughs> yes, Mark. That is that is my eldest sister. Eldest sister. Zarina okay. is okay. my there's youngest. Yeah, is my youngest sister, and Zenifa is the eldest. Okay, so there's one guy also called Kevin Muhammad. He, you, I mean, you guys just confuses me all together. Right. You know. So Calvin, Calvin Muhammad is my senior pastor. You see. Casey, do you do you see the dichotomy? These guys are just confusing, confusing me, you know. Um, but it's interesting. That's the beauty, you know. <laughs> okay, Kevin, you want to say something? That that's the beauty. I mean, Kevin Mohammed is a senior pastor. He's Mohammed, and Amazad is Mohammed, and uh, they are not from the same family. Oh, is this so? <laughs> It's beautiful. it's beautiful. And it just confused me, you know. I'm wondering, uh, how come? How are they related? So I was talking to Zenifa, and Zenifa said something to me. Um, she said, if I recollect on one of the Sunday morning broadcasts, I was actually watching, uh, was presenting, and I was seeing comments, and I think um, um, uh, Zorina, um, at least I have an idea what a DP photo, the, the DP, the display photo is. So um, the display photo came up and I was not sure who this person, because I've not met Zorina in person physically. I only have one image of Zorina. That is the photo she keeps on her, on her uh, Zoom. Right. That is the photo she keeps on Zoom. So um, when I saw that photo, I wasn't sure, but I was seeing an image of the hand of God, two hands on the chest of this person, this, this display photo, the person in the display photo. And I mentioned it. So Zenifa was talking to me and said, uh, Pastor Mark, you know, when you mentioned that and declared that as the final, final thing that God is doing, Zarina, rather at this point is experiencing pain than than usual i said very interesting and it burdened me i'm telling you and um it put some weight on me it's 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 made me feel okay we need to pray not just for zorina but for everybody connected to this call connected to this broadcast that the enemy is afflicting one way or the other and to echo the voice and the thought of God about the finality of things and declare an end to, to whatever assault the enemy from Anderson, Unica, Zorina, Zenifa, um, name it, everybody, Theophilus. Theophilus was telling me of some challenges he is experiencing and all in his body and all. We, we, we want to agree on this call and I want to, I want to call on um, Kelvin, I want to call on uh, Amazon. I mean, you guys can just jump in and we are here. We, we are agreeing to, 
to your declaration and uh, invocation of God's presence and the imposition of his hand into the matter and turning it around to align unto his, his ultimate end that he had declared. In Christ Jesus, he said, it is finished. And so, Amazon, maybe if you're in that position, you want to just uh, pray and speak into these things of health and, and whatever challenges and ask for divine intervention for Zorina and every other person. Thank you. Then Kevin can jump in as well. Certainly, man. Certainly. Certainly. We thank you, Jesus. And thank God. We thank God for what you're doing. I, pr I pray for my sister, Unika. I pray for you, my dear. I'm praying for you that the Lord will touch you, that he will restore you, that he would make you whole. And in the same way that as he touched the leper, in the same way that as he spoke healing and it happened, we are declaring to you today that as we pray and as we declare healing, a wave of God's healing grace, a wave of God's power is going to come upon you. And he's going to clear every congestion out of your body. He is going to clear every blockage in your body. He's going to clear whatever is the obstacle that you are facing, even in your breathing, even in what regulates your body system. So we are declaring a wholeness, a complete work, a fullness of what the Spirit of God is doing. I declare healing to you, my sister. I declare you are made whole. I declare a certificate of good health. I declare a certificate of clearance, clearing you, clearing you for travel, clearing you for work, clearing you for ministry. I declare a certificate with a stamp, with a fix it to it, first from God and then from institutions, government, whatever it is, giving you permission once again, permission, permission once again, permission. I declare healing and health and wellness to you. I declare the strength will return into your body and it will be reflected in your voice. When the strength returns to your body, it will be seen and heard in your voice. When the strength returns to your voice, you will know that it has returned into your body. They are synonymous and they are one and the same. So as we speak, the breath of God fill you, fill your lungs, fill your life and bring strength and wholeness to you in Jesus' name. We pray this evening, Father, for everyone, everyone, everyone. Yes who uh, have been afflicted in one way or the other by things, even things that have persisted for years, even things that may have persisted for generations. And we say, oh God, as you have come into this meeting, as you have come into this setting, into this environment, and as you have spoken into certain things, we speak into these little pockets. And we say these things that have lingered on and become chronic issues of pain and that we've gotten so accustomed with them that we've ignored them and they've become part of us. We say that they are not part of us and they must leave. These pains that we carry in our bodies and in our bones and in our joints, in our neck and in our back, they must go. The congestion and the, the, with the inflation of the lungs must go the pain that goes with the, the simple ease of breathing in and out must go because this is not how you've designed us. You've designed us to function with a body in this earth because we need a body to function in this earth. And so we declare health, 
and wholeness and wellness to our sister Unika, to our brother Mark, to our sister Zarina. We declare health and wellness to Calvin. Calvin, I declare the spirit of God is coming upon you and he's touching certain aspects of your body and your body chemistry. And he's causing you to go back into a balance and things that may have seemed to kind of gotten out of control and out of balance with you. He is speaking a word of balance to be restored and to come back in Jesus. And Calvin, in the same way that you are seeking a balance in your theology, in the same way that you are seeking a balance in your understanding, a balance is coming even in your mind, even in your heart, even in your body, even in issues of your chemistry. In Jesus' name, I declare over Theophilus, O oh God, the spirit of might and power. I declare the spirit of Samson is upon our brother Theophilus. I declare he has the strength of 10 men. I declare that when he speaks, he speaks with the voice of 10 men. I declare that when he works, he works with the strength of 10 men. I declare the multiplication effect is upon him. In Jesus' name, we bless you. I bless you, Mark. I declare that all things are coming together for you. In every situation, I declare even situations pertaining to the insurance and even situations pertaining to the monies paid back and all these other things, claims. I declare that these things are working in your favor in the name of Jesus. I declare health and wellness to you, Mark. I declare a long life to continue to do in the earth what God has set you to do in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We declare the blessing and the favor of God in Jesus' name. I believe if this is Castley still listening. Castley, my brother, I declare health and wellness to you, health and wellness to your family, even some person that you have concern about and that you are lifting up in prayer, even in this environment. We come into agreement with you. We stand with you. We believe God's grace will meet that person at the point of their need and bring deliverance and bring healing and bring salvation. Total wellness, total wellness, total wellness in Jesus' name. Mark, over to you. Man, amen. This powerful Kevin. Please just, just jump in and praise him. Father, we thank you. I just uh, set my heart in agreement with uh, everything that Amazad had uh, declared and prayed. And Father, we just lift up our brother Amazad. We thank you for this prophet of God. And we say this not by title, but the essence of what you built inside of him. Father, I thank you that the blessing he is to the body of Christ. Father, I thank you that his voice is going to go to nations. I thank you, Father, that you're going to, to take him out of obscurity, Father, and bring him before nations. Father, we thank you that the things that he has to say and the word that you've given him needs to be heard by men, even in the marketplace. Father, we thank you for uh, raising him up as a teacher. We thank you, Father, for the influence that uh, he has with his students. But Father, there is more that you put inside of this man of God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for his life, for his example. We thank you for his spirit. We thank you for his family. We thank you for his, his, his children, his daughter. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we ask your continued strength and wisdom upon him. Father, we, we just declare over him that uh, 2023 would be a year of years. It will be a year of years, Father, that he would come forth as even a new man in you with, with heightened sight, 
with heightened sensitivity of sight and, and, and of, of your word, Father, unpeeling and unfolding uh, um, even the new perspective inside of scripture, inside of the word of the Lord. And Father, we just thank you that uh, the men that he will continue to influence and the people he will continue to influence will give him a platform of righteousness in the earth as never seen before. So we thank you for his life, for his example. We thank you, Father, for the gift and the grace upon his life. Father, we thank you for those who he has touched and will continue to touch, those who he will meet. Father, I see uh, 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 an amplifying of his voice. It, uh, it's becoming uh, uh, louder that it, it goes uh, with, with greater reach, more distance. So, Father, we just thank you for uh, taking him uh, beyond the, the spheres uh, he has known. Father, he will speak to people who he will never meet, never meet, even more that he will never meet. But Lord, uh, people will meet you as a result of the things that he will be saying. And we thank you for his acquaintance. We thank you for him being a part of this fellowship on this call. Uh, Father, we thank you for his family and all the life that will flow through him in these upcoming years. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is beautiful. I want to say thank God for this opportunity and the investment and the grace that is released into our lives. We bless God and we say thank God. Friends, it's been good and we look forward to the next opportunity. And please share the flyer, invite somebody to join the conversation as we continue to explore this culture of honor and look at issues from different perspectives as each and every one dovetails his thoughts, his idea and experience and the grace of God will continue to multiply on us. God bless you, it's been a good one. And have a good, 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 good night. It's night on this side, have a good, good night.